Toontown Historical Society presents Toontown Public Works, a program where three highly unqualified doofuses make a mockery of themselves in the name of preserving this great city's forgotten classics. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the... Whoa, I almost said the wrong thing. I was about to say the Think and Pain Club, which is a thing that does not exist yet. Uh, it might someday. Welcome it, to Radio Lab. <laughs> welcome to This American Life. This is <laughs> this mm. Toontown Life. Uh, this. Welcome to Toontown Public Works, where cartoons are so cheap they're free. Uh, I'm HT the Raccoon. I'm Casey the Dog. I'm Sook the Cat. Hello. Hi. Uh, okay, so we are having a lot of fun fun today aren't we fellas yeah episode two is not published and we are recording episode three <laughs> yeah what a lovely time so Thanks, i'm gonna hate you uh, now i'm gonna explain me. the situation i'm gonna explain the situation here basically because i think what's gonna end up happening is we're gonna post episode two on friday and then the following tuesday we're gonna do episode three just so we can get it all out there you know that is friday um, god willing yeah. So fingers and crossed. We'll see what we can figure out. Fingers crossed. But uh yeah, so uh basically the situation first started with my end of the recording, which was that uh for like the next step on the previous episode, as you heard, uh there was a bit where I lost complete I completely lost audio. Uh and I have no idea why. And uh while they were fixing that, it delayed some of the stuff. Uh well Alex, who is our amazing and endlessly patient editor thank you alex literally the uh, best uh for uh all this and uh but as we were fixing this we were taking a while to get all it up and basically try to make it work and then when we were finally ready to get it all set up uh kc learns that the host that they were using was not work like it was like some weird mix-up about like because it was through someone that he he used to work for well it's, then... it's actually uh the domain registration is uh is currently without ICANN validation which is great we'll get that fixed as soon as we can and once we do i'll be able to get everything back up and running uh not that it matters because for you the listener this has all happened in the mysterious past so yeah uh, all this like, has happened this is before like... and all of it will happen again this is like a weird past present tense here that we're going on with this. We're going to have to find our own ways to like indicate what time this is all taking place. Where in the timeline this podcast is. Um, and so, yeah, but uh, if you are just joining us, we are a podcast where we watch uh, public domain cartoons. Uh, we probably should have said that before that big explanation. Uh, and we, we have a big collection of DVDs that have that, and we're just gonna go through as many as we can, probably all of them, uh, and just talk about them, because they're interesting. Cartoons are interesting. So, uh, yeah, let's get started here in a second, uh, though I would like to ask one really quick, like I always ask, do you have any cartoon-related news to talk about? I'm fresh out this week, actually. Oh, cartoon news. Um... Oh, wait, no, 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 no. No, this is kind of related. Um, really excited. They finally released the uh, date for uh, kind of cartoon-related. Well, I guess actually really cartoon-related. Um, the game Cuphead 
They finally released oh. a date for that. Oh, yeah. yeah that, Sometime that game, in uh, that... late September, actually. Yeah, Cuphead is actually looks really cool. Um, hopefully it will come onto a console that doesn't suck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, PC, it's going to be available yeah, but on that. I, I can't play PC games because I live in the Stone Age. So um, we, w- we will find a way to to beam Cuphead into your consciousness. Well, I mean, uh, I want to. It's 100% yeah. my aesthetic. Like, straight up, if you love public, like the kind of stuff that we talk about on, uh, think of, how about to say Think and Paint Club again, that we, uh, do at Toontown Public Works, uh, that's, it, it's just such a, uh, it, it looks just like it. It's all hand drawn, from what I understand. Like, every frame of animation is hand drawn. It looks just like one of those old, old, uh, ink and paint, style thing and it's a beat em up in the same style as like say like streets of rage or uh like double dragon or whatever but it's all that and i don't know I'm about s- uh like i i got kind of the impression that it was like uh kind of more of a side scroller shooter like uh like metal slug ish but i might not be right about that i'm not sure honestly either because uh I'll be perfectly honest. I haven't seen too much outside of a trailer because the main, immediately I, I saw that it was going to be just on PC and Xbox One, I kind of tuned it out because I knew that if I didn't, I'd be so perpetually angry that I would not be able to function in society. <laughs> so, um, uh, looks really good though. It does really look really, really good. Uh, very but, excited to see, uh, what it's like when it comes out. Um, I do have some two news, but we're going to save that to the end of the show because of uh, the related to the question that unfortunately I did not get a chance to answer the question because of the confusion that we had. But we are going to still answer a question amongst ourselves that I have uh, prepared. Um, Someday but, this podcast is not going to be just guesswork. <laughs> yeah, and like new once, problems well, every we'll week. Have, someday we'll have like the minor science of regular sustainable like sustainable like just content yeah to be fair cartoons aren't good unless something's going wrong so yeah that's fair uh i mean i haven't i haven't gotten to the point where i'm like putting my finger in my laptop to prevent all the data to spill out though i did have to reinstall everything because my hard drive failed so (laughs) there's that um you know, in spite of everything going wrong, I'm somehow not whimsically amused like I would be if it were a cartoon. <laughs> Maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> yeah. Because you're not I'm very pretty good tune, Casey. right now. <laughs> you're, not a, you're not a very good tune, Casey. You're supposed to be, like, getting to the point... This is the part where we eat the big can of spinach or, like, we hear the far-off lines of Minnie Mouse being taken away by Pete and then just get, somehow find all the strength to persevere through all of our garbage. So, And then everything is exactly the way it started again. The good old status quo, just like everything in Toontown. Let's watch a cartoon. Yes. <laughs> so let's get ahead and uh, I got my list right here and let's go ahead and do a little bit of randomization. Oh, dear. Okay, so we're going to go to disc number five. Okay. And we're going to watch a Casper cartoon. Oh. We yeah, haven't another... seen one of those yet. We haven't seen one of those yet. And it's uh, 
a cartoon called A Haunting We Will Go. And if this is the one I'm thinking about. Oh, no. Uh, I'm a bit terrified. Oh, All right. no. Exciting times. See you after the break, everyone. Oh, good God. A haunting we will go. A haunting we will go. Okay, so that was a lot better than I was expecting it to be. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I, I know for a fact the cartoon I have in mind is on this collection. Oh, but seriously? it wasn't the one we were looking at. Okay. Well, we were, and we were waiting with bated breath uh, because we thought it might have taken let's, a morbid turn. Yeah, let's, and let's, it not, didn't. let's not. For <laughs> anybody who well, doesn't know about that one Casper cartoon, let's not say anything. Yeah, let's uh. not say anything, but uh, let's just say there is precedent for us to be terrified. <laughs> uh, not and not because he's a ghost. <laughs> I uh, was scared because well, I mean, he was a ghost. He spooked? He he was the spookiest. He was oh, yeah, a spooky he was, ghost. He was a straight up Babadook. Everyone was so scared. I I so, see Halloween. I know that after the cartoon, Michael Myers comes out from him, from uh, right under him. No. Oh no. Uh, but okay, so basically, would you consider this a standard? I mean, I guess this is because we haven't really watched any other Casper shorts on us yet, so it might be a weird question to ask. But is this a standard Casper short? Do you think? Like this feels like I, the first one. To be honest, I think there's there's a chance it is the first one. I'm thinking, and I, I could actually check on that because of the technology that sustains us daily. Uh, well, I mean. Most. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, have you guys, did you guys ever watch Casper cartoons growing up? A few. I've seen some of them. I definitely saw the movie that came out mm -hmm. in the 90s and some of Same. the subsequent that straight to VHS movies. And I have that really seen. That really does not count. There was, there was definitely a cartoon, I, I believe a cartoon reboot, like, during my lifetime that I watched, or oh, it may have been in the oh, late yeah. 80s. Uh, I, I have, have seen I, I, some of the classic I have a very distinct memory of the Casper cartoon that came up after the movie came out. Uh, and it was basically the show was uh, Casper kept on being harassed by those jerk ghosts from the movie constantly. And it was just like the most 90s unsympathetic protagonist thing ever. Uh, okay, so I remember haunting... Sorry, you go in. Well, well, I mean, all I remember from that is that basically it was like... The only episode I remember is that they were playing golf, and the really tall one, I think his name is Stinky, was... I think there was Stinky, Stretch, and Fatso. Yeah. How do I know well, this? No, no, it was, it was Stretch. That's right, it was Stretch. Uh, Stretch uh, was playing golf. He was really bad, and they were talking about how he has like a really high score in golf. He's like, well, that means we're winning! <laughs> and then there was a gag about how you're supposed to choose the ending for it by using your remote to choose what ending we get we chose and like all that made me want to do is actually want that to actually happen and basically i would have to wait until like telltale games actually came around into existence like a decade later for that actually to happen so i guess there were two series uh there was uh it looks like there was in in the 90s specifically so when we were growing up there was the spooktacular adventures of Casper, and uh, 
Actually, I guess that's it. Never mind. There was only one. <laughs> okay. Uh, there was also there was also the new Casper show, which was in 1963. The one we watched, it looks like, was actually the third Casper cartoon. Uh, and it came out in uh, it came out uh, in 1949. Uh, the first one was in 1945. So in a stretch of four years, they made three, and this was the third. Well, okay. To be fair, uh, this is also by Novel Tunes, which we uh, remember from our previous episode where we watched uh, Blackies or Black, the Black Sheep, Blackie the Lamb, the, Blackie the Lamb. Yeah, Blackie the uh-huh. Lamb's. Uh, sure, that was another Novel Tune, and it's just a brand like i think that's like basically all the ones that have like all the ones that have the very similar sort of like comic books like i think the same comic that owned like richie rich and stuff like that um they're like all those properties go under the same umbrella and casper i want to say casper started as a comic series i am i think he I'm pretty sure it did. I was just on the Wikipedia page. I could have checked that. I think they all started as comics, though. Um, well, yeah, because it was a comic company. Like, what was the name of it? Uh, it looks like uh, Harvey Comics, maybe. Um, mm. Oh, yeah, see. yeah, Harvey Comics. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's interesting well, to think about, like, uh, how long-lived this character is, then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, out of all the characters that exist from novel tunes would you argue that casper is the one that has the longest legit longevity other than maybe like richie rich maybe so uh (laughs) i'm i'm actually i'm i'm looking through the wikipedia page and i guess there is a decent amount of controversy among quote-unquote fans and critics of the series as to whether or not he is a dead child (laughs) (laughs) well i mean okay in the short itself casper said like to the effect of no i wish i was dead he said it's like like, i'm already dead i might as i might as well be dead is what he says i might as well be dead yeah i might Mm. as well be dead and it was like okay you're gonna have to come to and it's not even like one of those cases where you say oh it's a ghost that doesn't know it's a ghost yet but he knows he can fly and like is like transparent and stuff like that like what what i'm seeing in the wikipedia page is that some people i guess uh or what it says is uh the somewhat macabre and grotesque premise was later abandoned in favor of the idea that ghosts were merely a type of supernatural being similar to ghouls or goblins Oh, like Danny Phantom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I guess that's the direction they eventually decided to go. Uh, I was just about Castor to make a joke about down. how they were going to say that ghosts were like a different species than human, but apparently that's what they were going for. That's, so. Yeah, I, it's, it seems like it. Uh, oh. But uh, they definitely... So, well, well why don't, why don't we go through what happens in it? Yeah, but, Basically, the premise is that Casper uh, is a bad ghost. There's a whole... They're in a classroom at the very beginning with other ghosts that are all singing a song about being scary and boo. There's a lot of word boo. There's and a bunch of uh, ghost basically, puns like yeah. Fright Makes Right and... Uh, Fright Makes Right is the most messed up thing about this. Because that's, <laughs> li- it, that's literally like a Nazi slogan, isn't it? Like, Might Meets Right is like literally a Nazi slogan, and they did Fright Meets Right. That might like, be the case. 
But yeah, they got him like in a uh, in a corner with a dunce cap on, which seems like a weird way to punish a ghost because they can just float through it. Yeah, like I, I don't. But that's the thing. Like it's very inconsistent what will and will not pass through Casper. Like the cap doesn't go through, but then so, like, when the dog bites him near the end, it just goes right through him. So. So I guess when they started writing this cartoon is they made a list of ghost puns and they were like, uh, oh man, this is really easy. We might as well litter this whole thing with ghost puns. And then they got through like five of them, like in the first minute and they were like, oh no, this is <laughs> we're terrible. All we because made a terrible there, there mistake. Is, yeah, because there is a there is a, a tremendous density of ghost puns in the first two minutes of the cartoon, and then they kind of just fade off. They they fade away as a ghost would. Yeah, like <laughs> like it's boo onto others as other would others would boo onto you. Uh, Fright meets right, and then what was the last one? Spook as you should be spookened or something. Oh no, spook! Don't spook unless. You- you're spoken to or something like that. Spoken that I'm pretty to. sure that was it. And so like something something that I uh, am taking issue with in this cartoon is at the very beginning, he's there in a dunce cap. And the reason uh, is because he's a bad ghost, or at least that's the given reason, is because he's a bad ghost and he refuses to scare. Uh, which we quickly discover is not the case because he can't seem to stop doing it no matter how much... Uh, he wants to, so he's well, he's I mean, a great it's the, ghost. It's the intent. Well, no, so, but that's the, doesn't intent doesn't matter. It's still inconsistent. Yeah, well, he 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 spooks with incredible efficiency. He happens to be a very efficient ghost. I think. I don't think. I don't think freaking ghosts in the poltergeist were more effective than Casper was. <laughs> Like, I don't have context for that. I haven't seen Poltergeist. You haven't seen Poltergeist? No, I haven't seen 90% of the horror movies that I should have. Like, Poltergeist is really weird because it's like, it's rated PG, or at least it was at the time. Uh, but it also has a scene where a guy rips his own face off bit by bit because he's like hallucinating in the mirror because that's what the ghosts are making him see. Hmm. And that's really messed up. And this is before PG-13 existed, but... I would argue that's still not a PG-13 scene. Yeah, I would say Rating's so. Rating's back before uh, Temple of Doom were wild, man. Yeah. Jaws was a PG movie. <laughs> God. But, anyways. Uh, uh, just, yeah, so Casper, like, scares a turtle by making, like, basically saying hello, and then the turtle just curls up into, becomes Gamera in a way with wheels and just <laughs> blasts off. He goes uh, and he says hi to another animal, speed. and the animal freaks out. Yeah, he Pelican. To... They're, they're establishing a motif where everything is a, is afraid of Casper. Uh, Up until and... he scares a bunch of ducks away, and they notice, oh, hey, there's a nest there, and there's yeah. an egg. And it hatches, and the only creature capable of loving such a despicable being is one who has never experienced uh, the sensory world yet. And yeah, like he does not know the horrors of man, so he does not care that Casper is a gross visage. Yes. So death. basically, so basically, if you want your baby to be afraid of nothing uh, when it comes out of the womb, you should begin by startling it. That's what they did with Batman. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's basically the Batman way. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, when your when your baby comes out of the womb, the first thing you should show it is the scene from Poltergeist where the guy tears his face off bit by bit. Yeah, that's clearly what you have to do. Yes, uh, that or the scene with Pee Wee, the doll of Pee Wee Herman, like threatening to kill the little kid, and look who's talking. Unless <laughs> I dreamed that. Oh, that I don't know. I have no actually, for. <laughs> like I think. God, I have a very distinct memory of that, but uh, I guess I, I don't know if that's a dream or not. But I've not seen, I have not really cared to see the movie "Look Who's Talking" uh, since then, so I don't really care to find out. <laughs> um, Weird thing about this cartoon is that, like, it's setting you up for one thing with the uh, ghost school, and then we never see those ghosts again after. Uh, yeah, they leave. Like, I think that's just establishment, though. Like, I think that's maybe, fine. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah but I mean, it's a weird way to establish it, because, I mean, you well, could basically, I, I, you could eliminate that whole scene almost entirely, and basically get the entire premise, because, like, because you see, in, like, cause you see in future Casper cartoons, like, sure, like, they don't have that same pretense, and you get the idea that Casper is friendly, everyone is scared to have the spider. That's just more evidence that this is one of the earlier ones. Like, the yeah. really earlier ones. Yeah. Because they, they didn't really trust the audience to understand the concept well, but I, of a I ghost think, who didn't want to be scary. I feel like, uh, I feel like the ghost school, like, I, it's been a long time since I've watched them, but at least in those early Casper cartoons, I'm pretty sure the ghost stool, the ghost, oh no, ghost oh, stool. God. Ghost, oh, ghost stools. What's no, the, the a ghost slammer school. covered? Uh, Peter Venkman. <laughs> the ghost. Yeah. <laughs> There's but, so yeah. so much interesting stuff in this Wikipedia page. We can discuss it in a second when we're done. But, but okay, so we got well, we got like six or seven more of these Casper cartoons, so we don't have to shoot all our load here. But like, well, but it's related to what we already talked about. It's related. Oh, okay. to, it's related to whether or not Casper is a dead child or not. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's so much well, stuff. Well, um, basically, what happens is that the Casper raises the duck and teaches him how to fly. Teaches him how to swim, even though he can't. Uses uses his own flesh to blanket the child in the nest during a rainstorm. Yeah, he has a Casper has kind of like a, a nasty blanket of his own skin that he uses to wipe his own tears away and to uh, and to shelter a duck from a storm. And it's a little unsettling. It. I'll yeah. accept it. It's like a, it's like a ghostly shell. It, it, well, okay. if you if you don't accept it, it doesn't matter because it's still there in the cartoon. I think You're powerless. the reason why I think the reason why Casper died is because he was in the middle of a liposuction surgery and he died on the table before they got the fat trimmed off his skit body. You know. Oh, you read so, the Wikipedia page too. Yeah, there you that, go. <laughs> no, no, uh, I, I mean, so. I don't want to. I don't want to well, dive into this just yet. Let's uh, but let's talk about the rest the of the episode. Basically, what happens is that uh, we have so so then uh, as they're flying off together because they want to like hang out with other ducks, I guess. Uh, the there's a hunter who sets out a plastic duck. Uh, the baby duck goes to it excitedly, and then. Uh, Basically, stuff happens. Casper tries to stop, and then the hunter shoots the duck in the butt. I think, and, and like the arm. 
Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's supposed to be the arm, but... Okay, so when the duck is shot, it looks like it's shot in the butt, but later on you see it with its arm in a cast. So... Yeah, something like that. But, well, you're kind of spoiling it, because the whole scene about whether or not we saw the, gu- they the duck have, They should have They should have been watching along. It's their fault. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um... They well, won't kill anything in these cartoons. Yeah, they'll never kill anything in a Casper cartoon ever. Except children. Uh, <laughs> except <laughs> children. Uh, but, uh, so, the Casper catches the little baby duck before it goes to the ground, uh, and then scares off the hunter and its dog, and uh, there's a big scene where he's crying with the duck in his arms. Tells he thinks it's, it's like, dead. With all these other ducks watching with ennui during a rainstorm. And then the duck comes back to life. And then they fly off together. And uh, it's a happy end. Really, it's a story about validation. I mean, really, the the lesson of the story is if you uh, that this is the story of how ducks learn to never be scared of ghosts. Like this is like the this is like one of those Paul Bunyan like American and, folk and tales. That's explain, funny like, is why ducks aren't afraid of ghosts. Exactly. <laughs> like it's like Paul Bunyan uh, stepped in the ground and created a lake, and Casper uh, the Friendly Ghost raised a duck, and that's why ghost ducks are not afraid of ghosts. Yeah, it's a folk tale. It's used it's to also, teach children a lesson. It's also why ducks, uh, ducks quacks don't echo. Yeah, but to get real for like a second, I something I actually I really do like about this cartoon uh, is the the background, like uh, the. So I, I just feel like the the backgrounds in this cartoon are the best that we've seen so far since we started this show. They're, They're very well really painted, yeah, and like they've got like some pretty awesome color control, and I was really into it, and it really sets the mood. I like it a lot. There's a lot I like about it, actually. There's a, uh, it's I mean, well it's animated. It's a good cartoon. It's, like yeah. I'm not gonna be the cynical butt that I was yeah, last it's week. All right. and, uh, I thought it was. I thought it was cute. Like it's genuinely cute. It's enjoyable, and I think it's. Uh, I think it's what a Casper cartoon was supposed to be at the time of Casper's conception. Speaking of yeah. Casper's conception, <laughs> just real quick. <laughs> uh, so, so this is all in the section on the Wikipedia page called personality. Oh, God. Um, it doesn't uh, talk about his personality except for a single little section at the end, but that is that is what it start, starts with, is there's a controversy as to whether or not Casper is a dead kid or a supernatural being similar to ghosts and goblins. Uh, and then after that it says, he was thereafter portrayed with feet and shown to have ghostly parents and became slightly slimmer. Because uh, <laughs> fatties, because so, fatties can't like. There's no such thing as organic fatties. Yeah, and the stock answers provided by Harvey Comics in response to those wondering how Casper died was that he was a ghost simply because his parents were already ghosts when they were married. What? <laughs> so what? they Excuse conceived. Me? They conceived of a baby ghost and gave so birth ghost to it. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost is canon here. Yes. Yeah, there <laughs> lots of lots of ectoplasmic goo involved, I assume. And then they flipped the script again in 1955. <laughs> is that what ectoplasm is for? Yeah, that's what it is. That's not not only is that what it's for, that's what it is. If you ever touch or come in contact with ectoplasm. <laughs> 
remember, kids, it's a general podcast. <laughs> Anyhow, so... <laughs> we might need a second. <laughs> so... So from there, in the 1995 film Casper, uh, they revived the notion that Casper was a deceased human and provided a brief amount account of his death. According oh, yeah, to the he film, was all sorts of dead in that movie. Yeah, yeah according yeah. to the film, he died of pneumonia. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. And then in the following feature movie, Casper, A Spirited Beginning, it shows his first days of being dead, but not how he died. And this is how this section of the Wikipedia article ends. It says, <laughs> and I quote, although it does explain how he became friendly. <laughs> and that is that is the entire section of the article called personality. So, oh my god! So there you go. You got way too much time, gold, man. It's a gold nugget <laughs> inside of the Casper I mean, the I, Friendly I, Ghost Wikipedia page. I'm still under the impression, uh, as per uh, the historical society known as the Simpsons came up with, that uh, Casper is in fact Richie Rich's ghost, and I'm, I'm still sticking by that. Money couldn't buy him happiness, so he. He, uh, he took his own life. Oh. That's just sad. That's really morbid. <laughs> that's really that's like, sad. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Of all the morbid things we've had to deal with tonight, that's the most morbid. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me feel a little bit better about the domain bullshit. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, so, yeah. That was it. That was, uh, that was Casper the Friendly Ghost in... What was it called again? A Haunting uh, We Will Go. A Haunting We Will Go. Yeah. Delightful. Okay. So uh, I just gave Alex some wonderful audio there of me drinking some water. Um, Great. So, all right, let's get ahead and do this again. Woo! All right. All right. And... Colonial Bleep. <laughs> Wait, what? one uh, more time? <laughs> <laughs> Colonial Blape. Uh, and it's, uh, let's go with episode number, uh, Colonial Bleeps Colonial on, Rival on Earth. Let's go with that. Okay. What are you getting us into? I don't know. We, this is this is new. I've never heard of this, so I'm excited. I've never heard of this either. So, all right, let's put up, let's, all right, we'll be right back. It's so high concept. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, it's both really high concept and like the thinnest thing ever. Okay, so so first of all, what we need to say is uh, is it's Colonel Bleep. <laughs> yeah, Colonel Bleep. <laughs> that is that is the name of the cartoon. Is Colonel Bleep, uh, and we watched two episodes because the first one was just establishment and it was only four minutes long. So we went ahead and we watched both. I'll make sure to put both in the show notes. Um, Kids, like, th- these uh, these cartoons are like seventy percent world building and thirty percent action. Yeah, well, but, that, but like, 
God, but it's all world building that means nothing. Well, yeah, I, but I kind of like, love this. Like what I what I like. So <laughs> maybe instead of saying what I like about it, we'll just say what it is. So it's it's a, a I guess a, a, a species of hyper intelligent aliens take notice to Earth on the day of the Hiroshima bombing. Uh, yeah, like they name drop it and stuff. Yeah, they don't refer to it by Hiroshima, but they refer to it by the date in July 1945. Uh, so it is definitely the Hiroshima bombing. Uh, so during the Hiroshima bombing, wait, no, that was August 1945, uh, was Hiroshima, I think, uh, and Nagasaki. Um, so uh, I guess this uh, this alerts uh, this alien species to the presence of unrest on the planet Earth, which has I been off of their like, radar. Futurons or something? Yeah, from like the planet Future or something, and uh, yeah, and it uh, and uh, and so uh, Colonel Bleep goes to investigate Earth along with the help of a uh, uh, what are they saying? Like a, a wooden doll with sentience, a wooden puppet boy. Yeah, a wooden puppet who cannot speak, and a caveman who was cryogenically frozen and woken up by the sound of the Hiroshima bombing. Because sure. Um, um. Yeah, and it's so so stylistically, this is the most unique cartoon we've seen. Uh, oh, it's got oh God, kinda, yes. Yeah, it's got kind of it's, like a, a cubist art style, and it's got it, some very interesting, like, like uh, stylistic painted backgrounds. What it doesn't have is fluid animation. It's all very... Well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Uh, if you want an understanding of what this cartoon looks like stylistically, uh, it's basically literally everything like you know how in tomorrowland and at epcot like during like in the space areas and stuff like that where they have like those idealized space kind of things and of the future where they're super like it's extremely sexy yeah like there's there's very 60s very um very uh like like geometric kind of like weird simplistic uh art deco kind of look to it uh this cartoon looks like everything that specific art style is based off of. It's like it could be straight up 100%. Like all the stuff that we see at like Disney World uh, at like Epcot or at like uh Tomorrowland could literally just be Colonel Colonel Beeps like bleeps whole thing. It's 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 I swear to god I I feel like I've seen this character just because I was in Epcot very recently even though I know for a fact that there's no way in hell that that was true. Like, yeah, but you wouldn't you wouldn't t- so the reason we didn't recognize the name Colonel Bleep at least in part is because uh I guess uh no original material from the production is known to exist today and uh supposedly the last airing on television was in the early 1970s. Huh. Yeah. This is a weird uh, story here. Uh, like, it looks like the everything that they had for uh, Colonel Bleep, it was in a van that then got stolen and never found. <laughs> oh my god, it's Food Fight. Oh no, wait, but it got made. <laughs> exactly! <laughs> so, it's... Yeah. Well, no, the, you know about the story of Food Fight, don't you? Well, yeah, well, with with Food Fight, they stole all the materials, and then they had to remake the movie. And yeah. they remade it much more horribly. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's, I mean, not yeah. like the not like the original version looked amazing by any stretch. I'm, of the I'm sure but... it didn't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there there is there is a parallel there. Like, I'm, I'm, there's there's a part of me that absolutely loves this. Like a part of me that just absolutely adores this. Just a part. Uh, I'm all in on this. I mean, yeah, but I'm also like, God, this is what. This is like, wh- what would air this? Was this on television? Was this? This on- totally was on television, but like at one o'clock in the morning. Like yeah, like what? What? what when? When was this aired? Because like it's so bare bones and so rote and derivative. Maybe at the time it wasn't rote or derivative or anything like that. Was but there like- any music at all during it? Well, yeah, there was music. Yeah. There was there was like a, there was like dramatic background, like radio drama type oh, music. Okay. Alright, cause, cause the thing that sticks in my head is that opening where it's just like showing the clocks, like turning. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the only thing I can, like, the, the Mickey Mouse looking clocks. And it, like, it has just... the clocks, I think, because there's a, there's a time motif in here where we've got one character that represents the past, one that represents the present, and another to represent the future. Uh, and there's there time a... travel involved, I suppose. Just there's not... an alternate universe where, Colonel Bleep is like one of the defining, like animation, like powerhouses of the world. In the same way, like our Astro Boy was, or something like I'm that. I'm you know? sure that's not true. <laughs> no, like I mean, I guess, I, mean, like, I guess it's, I'm it's true. This, I'm, say, I'm saying in this alternate universe, it's also a universe where they has better animation. Oh yeah, I guess, and there's an alternate universe where it. Well, there's. There's an alternate. There's an alternate universe for every potential scenario. <laughs> well, well yeah, and that is just, one possible one. No, I'm just, yeah, I'm I just, know what you're saying. I mean, like it's got. It's interesting because it's like it's so high concept in the very first establishment. Because, like you said, it was about like basically the narrator explains the whole plot, which is that Colonel Bleep is an alien from Futura, uh, and he's a Futurian, and he is like this species did not really bother looking at earth until the atomic bombs started going off. Uh, and then they decided to go to earth. To, like they sent a Colonel bleep out to earth to specifically like, I guess teach humanity to not do that, I think. And then there's like a weird puppet boy. And then like, there's the caveman, which is really over elaborate, like way more elaborate than I would actually expect. Like basically what this feels like, it's already like the DC comics, like revamp of the, like, of like, like, you know how they did like the Flintstones as like a more serious kind of story and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like this is like already it's all gritty reboot kind of narrative version of it. What I feel like is that this cartoon is, uh, the prototype of something great, (laughs) but not (laughs) quite there. Uh, like the guy who made this, or the gal, I don't know, but like because the, there's no credits, so I have no idea. Yeah. But the person who made this, uh, they they had something there, and they're definitely trying the best that they can. But here's the thing: we watched the first episode, which was uh, Captain Lee goes to Earth or something like that. But there's nothing there. It literally was just the explanation of these characters in this plot, and then it ends. It's the it's the establishment. It's the it's the uh, what do they call it with superheroes again? The the origin, origin story. story. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's the origin then, story of it's it's a very loose origin story and it's three to five minutes long. And I think that's part of the reason that it suffered is because the running time was so low. Yeah, um, but like but, but then we go on to the next episode, uh, which is the firebomb, just to figure it out. And none of it takes place on Earth. None of it. Because it's about robots. Does it not? Like, it might take place on Earth in the future. Because I know I, I know that they had established there was time travel involved. Yeah, but it seemed just like the alien civilization, like because they were talking about how Colonel Bleep has like created like spaceships and space stations to run everything. Yeah, and... I mean, maybe maybe we just should have paid closer attention. <laughs> I think it might have been Earth, though. Uh, but like, to be fair to HT, this was a very misfying eight minutes. Yeah, like, but like. Whether it's on Earth or not, I have no idea. But I'm just going to say that it didn't seem like it was Earth, unless it is a future Earth or whatever. And talk about how Colonel Blave has apparently made the best robots ever, but they all require a single type of fuel stores. So therefore, one terabyte. Robo-lube, friends. Robo-lube. I need more of it. Mm, I need robo-lube. Robo-lube. The one thing you need. Yep. Uh, so the robots need Robo Lube. That's the end of the sentence. Was that that's all you need? But, um, but no, like you. But then, like a single terrorist with a gorilla, which I don't know why he has a gorilla, but he has a gorilla, and he's like, he's, have a henchman. <laughs> but he's like the only other voice than the narrator, because like up until this point, mm-hmm. no, only the narrator has said anything. And so the villain explains his thing where he's going to destroy the oil supply. We should mention, and, by the way. Actually, HG, go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm just explaining the plot. Like, okay. We should mention like, the... Uh, sorry, sorry. No, go on, go on, go on. Okay. The narrator is, like, really, really into this. Yeah, oh, very, yeah, he loves very it. passionate narrator. <laughs> Sir, I- I'm going to say this right now, 100%. If you want to interrupt me, go right ahead, because I don't okay. give a crap. All right, um, all right. But, like, yeah, like, this... But, like, this... This guy blows up the place. We don't even see it really happening, like, right away. We just see the fires afterwards. Um, and then he just disappears from the cartoon. I don't know. Maybe it was a suicide bombing. I don't know. Um, but then, like, the then like the narrator is, like, super panic, And, like, all the robots that are supposed to put out the fire, like, completely, like, collapse because they don't have the oil they need because apparently they need oil, like, every ten seconds or they're going to die. Uh, you get like, stiff unless you have don't have Revolube. Like, it's it's so weird. And it's also really terrible, terrible infrastructure there, Colonel Blape, that you just take out this one single solitary plant and, like, the entire entirety of your civilization crumbles before it. Oh, but he um, has a deus ex machina, so... <laughs> Well, yeah, he has. A, well, he's a DSX caveman, who like comes in. Well, I mean, basically, he, he has like a fire extinguisher thing. Yeah, and I really shouldn't be touching this thing. Makes it click, so I should do something else to fidget myself. But, um, but, uh, so he makes he has a fire extinguisher. The caveman puts on a fire suit, uh, because the puppet's made out of wood, so the puppet can't do anything about this. So he jumps in the air, puts out the fire, gives him a freaking medal, and then that's the end of the short. Yeah. And, like, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just baffled. Yeah, it's very interesting like, <laughs> that this the cartoon narrator, was made. 
the like I swear the narrator was speaking like like it was all one single session and he was just watching the cartoon go by and like trying to make match the pacing because there's definitely points where he was like slowing down his speech to fit the animation waiting for the next scene and but then he is also super dramatic at times and it's actually kind of amusing and almost charming um i just god it's this is like one of those oddities that's like god i actually kind of want to claim this for us because <laughs> this is really weird and very like it, it clearly had a lot of passion put behind it in some areas maybe not in all areas but in some areas and it's charming and it's like in a very you tried kind of way you know mm-hmm. yeah like it's like yeah like i don't know we're, we're we'll, we'll watch more of this guy in the future and i'm not really worried about continuity so we probably will be okay to go in like future ones like past the whatever but um so yeah uh i don't know if there's anything else to say about Cl- yeah, Colonel Bleep. i think i've exhausted my thoughts and we talked for quite a while on casper so i think we're yeah. i think we're ready to go on to the next one yes i'm ready because we're, we're, we're not going to count that as two cartoons because like these are like literally like three minutes long so yeah. um all right Let's go ahead and. Well, I guess really before we one. go on very quickly, oh. it's interesting they uh, went so short with them. I have to wonder, like, were they put in between other shows or. You know, that's what I'm wondering. Like, is this, like, a type of thing that existed, like, as, like, a part of a power block of cartoons? Like, was this, like, on, like, Maybe. Howdy Duty or something? Or, uh, like. Wikipedia says that it was a segment on Uncle Bill's TV Club. And there That's were, what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. There are 104 episodes of varying length between three and six what? minutes, and only half of them are known to have survived today. Okay, because this collection has, I think, 25 of them. Yeah. So like, huh? So, uh, so yeah, we've got probably about half of the existing remaining episodes. What Jesus. a little gem we found. Yep. All right. So okay, let's do a really quick do 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 do. Uh, and... Roll Stop. that roulette. Oh, it's already rolled. Uh, it's already stopped. It, it fell on top of you. I'm sorry. I'm dead. Blech. Oh, um, no. Now Cirque is a ghost. Wait. Hooray! Wait. My dream! He can't be a ghost. You have to be born a ghost. Yeah, his, his <laughs> mother and father did not screw as ghosts and yeah. then birthed him. No, no, it's okay. I'm born again, ghost. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. There it. you go. All right, <laughs> what are we watching, HD? Uh, we are watching on disc number six because I guess that's just how my scroll wheel works. Is we're going to do disc six, uh, but this one is part of the other section, and this one's called "Pleased to Eat You." Oh. Get your jokes in now. Get them out now. Get them out. Get them out. Get them out. <laughs> Where's Griffin McElroy? We need him no, right now. Alright. All right. Uh, see you in a bit. Huh. Um, <laughs> I think that's the third t- episode in a row, like, third cartoon in a row I said, huh, at the very beginning. 
this one, uh, okay, so I, I've got a, I've got a hypothesis. Uh, this cartoon, although it is not said in text, is about a lion who is in purgatory. Excuse <laughs> me? <laughs> because what we have is this emaciated lion who is unable to use his natural predatory instincts to kill and eat the creatures around him, and then when he is brought into Western civilization, promised three square meals a day, he still cannot eat. <laughs> so what we have is a Sisyphean nightmare about a lion who is trying to nourish himself, who will literally eat anything that is food and cannot get it no matter what he does. Hmm. So. Ah. Okay, so. So that's that's the we, Reader's Digest version of this cartoon. I was, I just got really curious. Because this is actually the second cartoon this week. The other one being Casper. That was uh, by Famous Studios. Which I've, I've never heard of before. Um, but basically, from what I can tell um famous studios is the animated uh the uh animation branch of paramount pictures from 1942 to 76 or 67 rather um and it was renamed to paramount cartoon studios uh later on but basically uh it was just like the studio that like after uh paramount ousted the flesher brothers on 41 this is what was left over and they basically had the rights to continue doing stuff like uh, popeye and uh the superman cartoons and uh a lot of the stuff that uh the fleischer brothers created um but they also did uh everything from little audrey to little lulu castle friendly ghost uh herman and catnip baby huey all of these are actually on the collection we have and we're probably going to cover one of these one of these all of these one of these days, but um, wait, hmm, okay. hey, are, are there Superman cartoons on this uh, collection? Oh, I don't know if super. I don't think the Superman cartoons are. Okay, um, I, I actually am not sure. I don't think so though. But I, I know that Superman cartoons were in like the old uh, like one hundred and one cartoons DVD sets that I used to get. So I'm curious as well. Yeah, maybe they are, but I haven't really looked. Um, if they are, then that would be actually pretty cool to see one of the Superman serials on this. But um, yeah, as far as, as far as I know, it's not. And it's also where uh, the novel tunes comes from, which is where the Lackey the Lamb come, came from, mm-hmm. uh, which was from our last episode. But um, some of the key artists include uh, Sam Butchwald, Seymour Kintel, Isidore Sparbill, uh, Dan Gordon... Howard Post, uh, Seamus Colhane, and probably the most, uh, the one that you actually recognize out of all these, uh, Ralph Bashke. Wait, seriously? Yeah, this is where he used, first worked at, it looks like, before he, uh, um... Started doing Fritz the Cat and all that. Yeah, like he did Fritz the Cat and, uh, Lord of the Rings and all that. Coons- I, like, uh, I think he did Coonskin, right? Yeah, I think, I think so. so. Like, uh... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, not a fan. <laughs> no, I'm not a fan of him either, to be perfectly to frank. Say it. <laughs> uh, Fritzy Cat can suck my butt. So, yeah. um, 
Anyways, uh, like, ba but basically, like, we're talking about everything other than the actual cartoon itself because the cartoon itself is pretty bare bones. Yeah. Um, no pun intended, like, considering the lion. So. Well, yeah, I was actually about to say, but, <laughs> um, but the uh, the lion. Basically, the line is just called The Hungry Lion. And actually, before the cartoon starts, it says, featuring The Hungry Lion, as if this is supposed to be a character that's going to show up in multiple shorts. Uh, as far as I know, he's never shown up again. Uh, and no big I loss. don't know how... I I don't know how you would continue a character that is just called the Hungry Lion, and his one thing is that he's hungry and he's viscerally unpleasant to look at. Yeah. Oh God, he's so emaciated and just. Oh, it's like. Oh, I don't need to see that. <laughs> it's yeah, kind of really it's sad. <laughs> like it's one thing to do a ga visual gag where a cartoon like kind of looks at himself and then you can see these really emaciated but then on the far away shot he just looks normal again but this guy is constantly emaciated i mean let me that's upsetting let me pose a question to you guys who are you supposed to be rooting for in this cartoon i mean i guess the lion but... i guess like but at the very beginning he's not he's not set up to be the character you're rooting for because he's trying to like you know, he's trying to, like, eat cute animals. <laughs> like, he, he he tried eating a pig first, and which was, like, yeah. which was hilarious because there's a pig in the jungle, which, by the way, lions don't yeah, come it's from a, jungles. A domestic pig, mind you. It was, like, a... Yeah. <laughs> We're missing the biggest, pig. the like, the best part about this pig is that it just screams, Oink! Oink! <laughs> oink. It was, like, really uh, guttural, Oink! And then a porcupine... A porcupine who boops his own snoot and then uh, makes his quills come up and then the lion gets hurt by that. Mm -hmm. um, and then he like this. He also sounds vaguely like Sylvester. Like my guess, because I know that there are a lot of cartoons out there that are supposed to be like impersonations of like celebrities of the day. And I think Sil Sylvester is supposed to be that. Though eventually it got turned into its own thing by over exaggerating itself, you know. Yeah, I'd be curious um, to read more up on that. Not tonight, though. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I feel like that this is the voice that the hungry lion has is like the early per per permutation of that. Like, you know, uh, like at one like, point he says that he's uh, starving, and right there, that's what. Yeah, it, it, like it's the same there. kind of lisp with yeah. lots of spit coming off of it and stuff. Um. And, like, it's it's so weird, because it's, like, I mean, it's not too weird, but it's, like, it's also in a really weird reality, because, like, basically he hears on the radio uh, in his cave that uh, zoos are, the zoo is looking for applicants. Um, and so he goes over to the thing. Oh, and there's a minor gag where a skunk leaves the thing, because apparently they don't carry skunks because they smell bad. Um, and he, they do that B.O. thing, which was really common back in the days. Um, but yeah, like this, I, I can't decide whether or not this zookeeper was a racial stereotype or not, because it, it sounds vaguely like one of those Asian kind of overly like over the top kind of like one of those kind of voices you would hear, but he's. 
And he's got, like, the long mustache of something like that. And then he's also got, like, a pith hat that looks vaguely like a sun hat at some angles. But his, also his eyes are not extremely squinty, which all makes me just confused about whether or not it is or not supposed to be, like, racist or not. I think... I think... I don't know. It's time to play everybody's what? favorite game show, racist or not. <laughs> I can't tell. I don't win this week. Um, <laughs> well, no one ever wins during that game or not. Okay. But, uh, but uh, like, they do, te- he does like a bunch of tests and he basically fails all of them, but he still gets accepted. Because um, apparently he just doesn't smell bad. So that's all it yeah, means. So you, you get the impression that he's being scammed, basically. Yeah, and they have a gag. They have a gag where there's an A on the wall, and he's like, "What letter is that?" And he pulls his eyes out, which is also very viscerally unpleasant because they roll <laughs> over the A. Yeah, it's like a Braille or something. He's yeah. reading Braille with his eyeballs. It's, <laughs> it's a very, very strange visual gag. <laughs> um, there's a lot of those in these old cartoons. Yeah, and I love it. Uh, uh, but yeah, he gets scammed into going to the zoo, and then um, yeah, he gets scammed into going to the zoo, and then he gets harassed by people, and like for, like for basically looking really skinny and gross. And to be fair, he does look really skinny and gross, but that's not really a thing you laugh at. And then a guy tries to take his picture, but it's one of those cameras with the boxing glove in it for some reason, because apparently the zoo just allows people like i think it's a small child just to assault their lions with boxing gloves uh, um, it's it's new york the zoos weren't that good back then well yeah that's fair that's fair um but then like uh he tries getting a hot dog off a cart a mouse steals it uh and then he like shakes down someone saying could you please just feed me and then right when they're like he finally gets served a platter and it's a bunch and bunch a bunch of platters on top of each other until the very bottom where it's a bunch of nutrition pills uh, like like vitamins or like vitamin animal, pills yeah vitamin pills or I don't know what it said on the side of the bottle but like and uh he starts flipping out he beats up the guy who gave him the pills uh and puts like puts them under like one of those dinner trays or whatever uh he then starts get chasing around by zookeepers uh he tries eating hot dogs yeah and, and he's, he's strangely he's strangely uh, picky for ensue. someone who is starving to death about whether or not the hot dog is cooked first yeah like, like he had no qualms eating a uh like wanting trying to eat uh talking animals beforehand like the pig and like the porcupine, but he doesn't immediately try to eat that one guy tra- who's trying yeah, to get his pills. He, he doesn't. You know? and he tries to cook the hot dog before eating it, even though he's in pursuit, or he, he's being pursued rather. He was gonna eat raw yeah. meat in the wild. What we're saying is this <laughs> yeah, cartoon well, has I, a lot of problems. I don't know that I consider that a problem as much as just like you know something that I'm nitpicking about or trying to make a really dumb joke over. Um, but you know, like it, it ends with him, uh, finding a radio, right? He gets caught again Getting and caught put again. back into his box with a, with a radio and it has the same announcer from before. And I guess the implication is that the announcer is inside of the radio because 
he eats the announcer by swallowing the radio's innards. Well, well, he basically goes and he jumps into the radio, wrestles, and I, I guess, I think what they're trying to do is that he's like, he went through the radio on, and he went through the wiring on the other side, and then eventually, like, and then start beating up, and then he ate the guy, and we did the cartoon shows him like finally with a distended stomach, finally not looking as creepy, and. Uh, then a shot inside of the zookeeper, just finishing his announcement about joining the zoo, uh, going on, cause I guess he's still broadcasting inside the lion's intestines cause, uh, I guess just really good reception in there. Um, well, we are three episodes into our podcast and our vor count is at two. Yes. <laughs> this is our second vor cartoon. Yeah. This Wonderbar. one a bit more explicit too. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it is already called uh, "Nice, Pleased to Eat You," so I'd be really confused if it didn't end in vor. <laughs> I guess so. But yeah, that is uh, that is the third cartoon, and I don't I don't really have much else to say about it, and I'm starting to get a little bit sleepy. Oh, oh no, oh, it's just I'm sleepy. sleepy. Oh, who's a sleepy puppy? I'm boy. so sleepy. <laughs> Um, okay, well, let's just make this quick then, because yeah. we, uh, we do have uh, one last thing. As I was saying before, I did have a question that I didn't have time to ask uh, the audience, but I do have a question. I did ask these knuckleheads uh, beforehand. Uh, so, uh, last week was Donald Duck's birthday. Oh, it was and- Donald Duck's birthday. I remember, ta- I remember seeing a lot of cool art for that. Yeah. Donald Duck, a uh, famous Toontown resident, a uh, friend of the show. Uh, he is uh, he is a wonderful, though still a bit uh, ill-tempered uh, fan. And uh, I, I, th- I think we want to just... I, I, my question was just this. What is your favorite Donald Duck cartoon? And I'm going to go last. Uh, so who wants to go first? Um, um, I could go first. Uh, I'd be okay with that. Okay, perfect. So uh, I, uh, so Donald Donald Duck is a character that I have a lot of love for. Um, I've probably spent more money on Donald Duck than any other cartoon character I can think of, mostly uh, on stuff related to like the uh, the comic series, you know, the Carl Barks comics and uh, some of the more recent yeah. publishers. Um, I, uh, but, uh, I did not pick something from that. I picked, uh, I picked one called Donald Snow Fight, which was a short in 1942. Uh, okay. and, uh, I, I might just be biased cause it was, uh, it was one of the early Donald Duck cartoons that I watched when I was younger. Uh, we had a VHS full of, uh, like Disney, uh, Christmas or winter specials. And, mm-hmm. uh, that was the, uh, that was, uh probably the first Donald Duck cartoon that I watched a lot as a kid. And it had just a lot of gags and visuals that I remember, uh, you know, such as, uh, so, so it's, uh, Donald Duck, uh, basically getting in a snowball fight with his nephews and they do a bunch of, uh, slapstick gags, like dressing up a giant boulder as a snowman. <laughs> oh, and then oh, Donald crushes yeah. into it. And like, there's, there's a part where Donald makes like a bunch of uh, a bunch of bombs by uh, by uh, 
by like shaping uh, snow into a bullet and then uh, and then dipping it in water and it freezes to ice and he drops the bombs on them. Like it's just got some very clever visual gags. Uh, oh yeah! And it was oh 1942. my god! This is becoming super vivid in my head now. I totally remember this cartoon. Yeah, and there's like a there's like a scene where uh, the the nephews turn into like a, like bowling pin, bowling ball. Like it's just a very it's just like a super uh, it's a super pleasant one and you, yeah. you can probably find it if you google it on uh, on you might be able to find it on youtube uh if you wanted to see it uh, a lot of the donald yeah, duck cartoons yeah. are i i told i completely remember this short mm-hmm. uh because i used to watch a lot of Volt disney as a kid so um but uh like i adored the ink and paint clip so much um but yeah uh so sir do you have an answer Yes, I do. And it's funny that you go to uh, the fact that you took it from your childhood. Because mine was also something that they used to, like, show a bunch on the Disney Channel. It was a uh, Donald Duck short called Trick or Treat. Yeah. It was a really good one. It, it was, like, it started off, I believe, with uh It's either established then or, like, a couple minutes later that Donald Duck really is, like, he's a camaraderie around Halloween and he doesn't really like the... Holidays, so he sort of like sends uh, his nephews out by themselves, and they go to like a spooky house, and there's like ghosts there, but the ghosts are nice, and there's like black cats and stuff, and they're really nice. And then Donald Duck comes over, and he's kind of a jerk, so like Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and all the ghosts, and like their friends decide, you know what, we're gonna screw with him for the rest of the cartoon, and it's funny. I liked it a lot, and it's one of the most like vivid things in my mind. Like it even had like a little song. That went along with it. Yeah, that that's a really good now, one too. Um, HT, I just I just have to issue a so warning. My aunt, oh, uh, if it's what? Quack Pack again, then I'm going to leave the call. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. <Okay. laughs> I swear to God, that wasn't even in my purview. Okay. Okay. Um. So uh, one of my favorite DVD collections I have is the Walt Disney Treasures uh, Walt Disney on the Front Lines collection. Um, it's basically the it's basically every single Walt Disney War cartoon that was made during uh, the World War II effort. Uh, everything from the actual shorts that were just basically Donald Duck cartoons and stuff like that to ones that are just basically promotional stuff for war bonds, as well as stuff that was like informational cartoons for like. Uh, South America or Canada or uh, Mexico. Um, and they're all really fascinating. They're 100% worth a watch. I don't think you can get this collection cheap anymore because it was one of those limited collection things, though it's a really great, great set. Um, and on this set is the most infamous Disney War cartoon of them all, Deafurer's mm. Face, which stars Donald Duck in Nutsyland. Uh, where he basically says Heil Hitler at least a couple dozen times, a few more than a, like a, multiple dozens of times. That is not my cartoon that I'm going to do because that one's super obvious. Uh, the cartoon that I am going to choose is uh, one called The Vanishing Private. Um, this one is okay. I'm going to issue a bit of a content warning because this one's actually kind of really messed up. Um, but okay. Cause it starts really innocent enough. It's basically 
Donald Duck's in the army, which, by the way, I always bothered me. One thing that always bothers me about the war cartoons, because I don't think there ever was a Disney cart war cartoon where uh, Donald Duck was in the Navy. He was always in the army. And Wait, it's just, seriously? Yeah, like, it's that so weird, because, like, he is established I, I as a Navy man, isn't, isn't it? I know in DuckTales, like, well, he he's the in the Navy, uniform, yeah. uh, but that's that's not in the Carl Barks original yeah. Uncle Scrooge comics, <laughs> so uh, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if yeah, Donald Duck is fair. established canonically as being in the Navy as much as just wearing a sailor outfit everywhere, because, I don't know, I assume it's a fetish thing. Uh, <laughs> he's a duck. <laughs> well, well I was going with the innocent route. You're the one that made so it innocent weird and creepy. But um That's fair. He um, just likes wearing that stuff so he can it's roam the seven seas because it sets his mind at ease. <sighs> Shut up. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's get done with that, because I actually want to get to the point. <laughs> okay, so Donald Duck, uh he's in the army and he's basically been assigned to uh camouflage I think he got in trouble. It's actually been like a little bit since I've seen it, but I think he got in trouble. So he got assigned to like camouflage all the guns, like basically repaint them all and stuff like that. Um, and he's like working on a big can and he stumbles upon a can of invisible paint. And in it, he uh, accidentally starts making the gun invisible. And he was like, whoa, what? What's this? And then he was like, oh, this is perfect camouflage. It's perfectly invisible. And so he does that. But then Pete, who is the uh, guard, like the, 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 what do you call it? The sergeant, the drill sergeant or whatever. Uh, he, he sees Donald, like the gun is gone. He freaks out. Um, and then uh, basically shenanigans ensue where he starts getting, like Pete starts chasing Donald Duck around. Uh, Donald Duck gets the idea to cover himself in invisible paint to avoid him, uh, like, basically to hide from him. And it becomes a lot of gags of Donald Duck running away, uh, doing things to throw Pete off and stuff like that. And uh, it, so far, it's pretty much a basic cartoon. Um, and then at one point, I can't remember the circumstance, but I think it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. They're messing with the grenade, and the grenade goes off. And Donald Duck's like, uh, Donald Duck, oh god, wait, was this the Invisible Duck one? Oh god, I think it was. Um, shoot, if this is not the Invisible Duck, then I'm thinking of something else, but it's on the same collection, I just can't remember it. Because there's like several cartoons with Donald Duck, uh, Donald Duck as an army man, but basically what happens is that like, uh, Donald Duck thinks that he blew off his lower torso. Oh, wow. And Pete, like, is, like, terrified by this. They're both sobbing. Um, and, like, they're, like, just... These, these, like, Pete's, like, getting super, like... Like, he's, like, talking about how you're a brave man. And Donald Duck steals his gun <laughs> and then, like, pleading for him to let him shoot himself. Oh, so he God. And then he, Pete finally allows it, and like, like and Donald looks so, so freaking crazy. Like if you ever saw that out of context image of Donald Duck with a gun to his head and looking completely like insane, then that's what that's from. And uh, P 
Pete goes off, and then right before Donald pulls the trigger, uh, he figures out, oh, wait, uh, his body was just buried underground, or... <laughs> Or it was like, hmm. it was, or it was still invisible, or something like that. I think I, I can't remember because there was like one or two different choices that this could be. It could either be, uh, it could either be the van, vanishing private or commando duck. Hey, HJ, but is this the uh, picture that you're talking about? Uh, let me check. Let me see what you sent me here. Uh, yes, that is exactly That's the it. one. That's it. That is exactly it. Uh, but the only reason why I brought it up is just because Disney has this one image of being super pristine and not wanting to be controversial and, you know, like, I mean, it's less common now because they're a little bit more ambitious with some things nowadays, but like, they have this reputation of being super squeaky clean and... I don't know, like, a lot of times when, like, people, like, point out, like, stuff that's, like, maybe, like, too insensitive, or even, like, something like the Fear's Face, where Donald Duck says Hal Hitler, like, dozens of times, that doesn't really phase me too much, because it feels more like, oh, it's from its era, uh, you know, it's a very antiquated stuff, and also, with the Fear's Face, it was specifically parodying, parodying the very real threat of Nazi Germany, and it was very, uh... It was also before Walt Disney yeah. even knew about uh, the well, concentration camps and how bad they were, but uh, still, still, he was like, it, it, it's a little bit more innocent, and it doesn't bother me too bad in terms of like things that like are way more messed up. Like, like people say, oh, Disney's as as person. So, this is one of the few instances where I can one hundred percent, yeah, this is so messed up that I can't believe this isn't a Disney cartoon <laughs> with like Donald Duck going. <laughs> absolutely crazed that, right there. yeah that that scared uh that scared the piss out of me when i was a kid <laughs> and then there's also that old that one mickey short that played before where i think it was like a goofy movie or something like that oh are you talking about of, runaway brain yeah that one which also scared the little crap out of me as a kid and a lot of kids and almost basically they were gonna do shorts like new mickey yeah. mouse shorts before movies and that got such a negative reaction because of how creepy it was that they decided to not ever do that again yeah so i, I think it's, i think it's, it's a good one kids should have just taken it i think yeah. in essence uh, i think in essence the version of disney that most people are most familiar with or the the face of disney that they're used to seeing is actually just the face of disneyland <laughs> oh yeah you like know, it's, like it's, it's, Disneyland it's just, is a super sanitized version of its own thing, usually. Yeah, and that's a, and that's the, yeah, that's kind of the, uh, the turning nature. point for uh, for the characterization of like Mickey Mouse, for example, the way that he's changed over time, uh, uh, just like stuff I, like I, that. He's getting it's, better. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But he's uh, getting better. And I think a lot of this stuff is getting a lot better in general, too. Uh, I mean, it's no longer Michael Eisner and Michael Eisner basically did not want to do anything remotely controversial mm -hmm. with uh, Disney characters, except for that one Mickey Mouse short would backfire so badly that he never did that again. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I guess my whole point is that there are a lot of. Donald Duck cartoons, and if I actually did, like, go through the list and found one, I'd probably find one that I actually enjoy more, but I really find the war cartoons super fascinating because it's it's just, specifically that one, but, like, all of the war ones because it's just such a 
very uh gosh it's it's such a different side of disney that you're not used to seeing or at least that like and it's also not one they're obviously ashamed of because like i said they released all these uncensored on dvd so like it's 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 just part of their past it's part of their present and it's going to be their future you know it's i don't know it's just it's an interesting bit of history that um i just really wanted to talk about and I kind of just used Donald Duck's birthday as an excuse to talk about it on the show. Well, finally, there you go. <laughs> God, imagine if they were still doing propaganda cartoons. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, we're, what we're gonna do? We are gonna eventually do an episode about Disney War cartoons proper, but uh, that's not today, and it probably won't be for a while. Yeah, probably not soon. Uh, Especially since they're not public domain, so it'll be harder for people to watch them. So. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are easier to find on the internet, regardless. But I mean, we'll see. it's not—it's not hard to find Defuer's face or like some of the more really popular ones on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, um, more the, the more obscure ones are a little bit harder to find. But um, yeah, I, w- I would just say I would just say that yeah, I, we will visit this topic more. And I just kind of wanted an excuse to bring this up uh, because it's one of my fascinations <laughs> excellent all well, right so uh, i think we're all done for today uh i want to thank uh first off alex for being our wonderful 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 editor for whom this podcast would not exist in any capacity he makes uh, the words go together and yeah. he makes it happen so good and he's really he's really persevered at uh fixing some of our ups <laughs> So thank you very much, Alex. Uh, like when like, we swear without like thinking. just barely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and also, and... But like also, also like just like straight up, like if there's anything remotely creative in any of the sound department, uh, so it's a hundred percent Alex. It's not us. And of course, he synchronizes all of our audio, so on and so forth. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Alex. Um, uh, I'd like to. Will... I'd like to. Go ahead, Christian. Uh, I'll be sure to include links to all of the cartoons we watched in the show notes, provided I am able to find them. Uh, and uh, just make sure that you go and check out our iTunes page and uh, and subscribe. Maybe leave a review if you like the show. Uh, if you Wait don't, us. if you don't like the show, don't leave a review. <laughs> yeah, don't be mean to uh, us. We're, yeah. we're fragile. Yeah, I will. I will become very sad. Um, yeah. We'll be I'm very, very like... sad. And. I mean, sad raccoons and puppies and cats are cute, but that's also not what we want. Yeah, very so. sad. Uh, what is our Twitter again? Our Twitter is Toontown at Toontown Public. Uh, doc, uh, well, at Toontown Public. So uh, Twitter.com slash Toontown, Toontown Public. Public. Uh, and yeah. we will be posting as often as we record. We will try to post prompts that people can respond to so that we can read some of their answers uh, on I'm, the show. I'm debating uh, sending up uh, using our email for that, which, uh, you know what? Let's, let's do talk a about that. Let's talk about that off the air. Yeah, we'll talk about that off the air. So uh, and, uh, I would like to thank all you guys listening for bearing with us as we go through all of this. We're slowly getting the hang of it. Slowly, slowly. Um, all right. So, until next time. Uh, goodbye forever. Goodbye forever. We're gonna we canceled the podcast right now. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> we're canceled. Bye. We're canceled. We canceled ourselves.
What if we Time ended? What if we, what if we ended every episode by saying we were canceled? Uh, I mean, it's better than my thing where I almost actually try to go. That's all, folks. So <laughs> at the end we'll, of every episode, we'll workshop I get it. killed. We'll workshop off. it for now. Goodbye forever. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get that in there. Goodbye, Bye, everyone. Thanks. Have a good week. Mike, let's get out of here. Okay, Raggy. I don't have a follow-up. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Gee, Maxie. Everyone says you're the guy. I want to be the guy, too. Gorsh, Maxie. Gorsh, Maxie. I'm sorry, Alex. (laughs) That was recording.